Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, this is Sharon Swing, and thanks again for tuning into the One Life Maps podcast. Today I have a, a person I met quite a few years back now, maybe 12 or so, uh, Jody Nisnik. And I, wait a second, did I pronounce your name right? Yeah, you did great. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start over. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's phonetic, but it's a weird name. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to continue if I did this wrong. <laughs> okay. I will make a note for the editor. Okay. Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon Swing. Thank you once again for tuning into the One Life Maps podcast. Today, we're going to have a conversation about Moses with Jody Nisnik. She's the adult ministries pastor at Irving Bible Church, and she's served in quite a few different roles. But this particular study she's written has been for women in her church. And her calling and passion is to equip people to take the next step in their journey with Jesus. Jody, thanks so much for joining us. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a good loop back in our storyline. Yes, it uh, is. Oh my goodness. It's I think you were just starting your job at Irving Bible Church when Sybil and I showed up to do a listen to my life workshop there. Yes, I was weeks into my job at Irving Bible Church 12 years ago when I met you. Um, it was one of the very first events that um, I was helping host as a part of my new job on the women's ministry team there. And I have stayed at Irving Bible Church for 12 years now. It's been a great joy. I'm glad. I remember you picking picking us up at the airport, in fact. Oh, really? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so in any case, so Moses is is just this epic, long tale but first, I want to start with your story, a little mm. bit of your story. Can you tell us a little bit of a snippet of a time when you sensed Jesus most present with you? Mm. Such a good question. I, you know, I think when, in general, when I feel Jesus most present with me, it is when I am reading his word meditating on his word and the Holy Spirit reveals something new to me and pierces my heart, you know, with the living and active word and helps me, reveals actually something about him and something about me. And it is just, I, those are the experiences where I feel very, very near to God um, I have had one of those experiences recently, and it actually had to do with Moses, oddly enough, even though I wrote this study five years ago, I was reading again, the account of um, Moses standing um, with, you know, some 2 million of the Israelite people estimated 2 million people at this uh, foot of the Red Sea and looking over their shoulder and seeing uh, Pharaoh and his brutal army coming after them and them being terrified and immobilized in that fear um, and then just, you know, Moses speaking truth over them that they just needed to stand firm and be still. And I felt like God was just speaking that truth over me again, that I needed to stand firm and be still in my soul. Um, and then I was prompted to keep reading because I think we stop 
there. <laughs> and we, and the Lord was like, keep reading. And I kept reading in the next words um, that the Lord actually spoke to Moses were basically saying to the Israelites, move on. And so it was like this, this dual thing that God was saying, stand firm, be still in your, in the posture of your soul, but you need to keep going and you need to take another step. And it was just this really beautiful, powerful moment that had spoken to so many areas of my life. And God um, just keeps bringing it back up over and over again. Um, because we're facing so many challenging things in our lives right now. And God is just reminding me over and over again, I've got this, you can trust in me, but you have to keep going. You have to walk through the sea. That's the only way. Uh, and you're going to get wet, <laughs> but you got to get, you got to go through there. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a, that, that's beautiful. I love how you describe um, just encountering Jesus as you read scripture. And sometimes that, really, truly still small voice kind mm -hmm. of experience where some, you know, something's f just for you in that particular moment. We really love doing um, Lexio Divina at the, at the beginning of our listen to my life virtual classes and all. And uh, I'm, it never ceases to amaze me when we do that together. And then we say, what, what, um, how did, what was the invitation for you? Mm -hmm. And different people have different pieces of invitation. And it is interesting and beautiful and um, surreal in some ways. Yeah. And also how when people speak it out, um, it's an encouragement to all the rest of us that we get to peek inside of those invitations. Yeah, I... I'm with you. Electio is actually one of my favorite things to lead people through as a pastor. Um, I just feel like if we can invite people into God's word and let God's word do the teaching, uh, we're better off <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yes, we do need to unpack the context and, and some of the you know things that God is teaching us in his word too. But I am with you on that amazing experience of hearing how big God's word is and how the Holy Spirit does his work in applying his word to our lives in different ways. Um, and how I can read a passage one week and then come back to it, you know, another day. And it, it's not the passage doesn't mean something different, but it means something different to me. God's word stands true. Um, and the truth of his word is true, but, but the bigness of it being living and active and interacting with us who are living means that it's always got something new for us. So I love, I love that. So what led you to write about Moses? Well, I wrote about Moses. I started this journey about five years ago to write about him, but actually I think the journey started maybe 10 years ago. I was in the middle of my job at Irving Bible Church. I had kids at home. I was wrapping up my seminary degree and I was pretty much crashing <laughs> and I was exhausted. And somebody, uh, one of my great friends gave me a book and said, you need to read this. And I literally looked at her and I think tears got into my eyes and I was like, thanks. <laughs> I can't even like get a full night of sleep. I can't read anything. 
Um, but I loved her and I knew she loved me. And so I put it on my nightstand and I just kind of sat there and it looked at me. And then I finally started reading it and it was actually the story of Moses. And it was um, Moses's life and, and the author had taken his life, but then also kind of intersected it with some spiritual practices about slowing down, about listening to God, about heeding his call. And all of a sudden, I just felt, it just felt like a balm to my soul. And so from that moment, I felt this almost kindred connection to Moses because I feel like he led me to a place of healing uh, in the midst of this crazy busy season of my life. So then fast forward a few years, I'd always believed God had called me to communicate his truth to other people. And I suspected he might want me to write. And he kept kind of tapping on my shoulder. It was time for me to, to write a Bible study for the women at, at Irving Bible Church. And I was like, I think I have to write on Moses. And the next thought was, that is the most ludicrous idea in the world because Moses is this huge epic story of this man. I have no right to write about him. <laughs> and I felt like God was just like, just do it. Just, just go and do it. And so that was why I wrote about Moses. Mm. So what is it about this story? I mean, I tell you what, why don't you give us the Cliff Notes version of the overview? Oh, the Cliff Notes version of Moses's story is that he is a man who was protected by God against all odds um, for the calling that he was purposed for. Um, and Moses, you know, born into a place where he, like his, his actual birth is a miracle and his survival through infanthood is a miracle. And then, um, he's raised as a foreigner. Well, so he's an Israelite and he's raised by the Egyptians while the Israelites are all enslaved and he's raised as royalty, which is very interesting, but he knows. And then he has this epic failure where he kills a man. And so he flees and he spends 40 years in the desert, just kind of getting his feet back under him. He's a shepherd. He's just doing mundane, daily, kind of laborious work. And it's there that then God meets him in the desert and calls him to go do what his life's work is. And that is to go back to his people and free them from the slavery that they are in under the Egyptians. And um, he kind of goes kicking and screaming a little bit, but, or maybe reluctantly is better. <laughs> uh, and um, he has some God, excuses anyway. He does have some excuses and God is really gracious with him, uh, which I love because I think we have a lot of his excuses are all about his insecurities and his doubts. And, and I think we have those. And so that's something that even ministers to me about Moses. So then he goes back and he rescues the people and then they wander through the desert for 40 years and he's leading them and they complain. And it's just Moses's story of over and over again, being a real man who um, has this beautiful relationship with the Lord and continues to follow him faithfully. I think one of the, there's so many encouraging parts of Moses' story and you know, the, so many stories of the microcosm of the of the of the promise of hope and resurrection and redemption and mm -hmm. you know the the story's going one way and then and i mean it's how many times in our lives can we can we say oh lord how long how long how long and okay well um uh 
he took two 40 year periods of time. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. midst of it. It's like, oh Lord, don't make it that long. <laughs> a couple of weeks no. seems like a long time sometimes, right? And just this long view. Yes, I love that. I, I talk about that, the long view of our life, the long view of scripture. Um, and, and it's helpful to lift up our heads and see, because we get stuck in the days and the moments. And I mean, that's where we live. We live in the days and the moments. So that's not unreasonable. And yet sometimes those days and moments can feel overwhelming and like they're going to suck us under. And that's where I think it is really helpful to lift our head and see God's bigger plan. Um, and I love that about Moses. And, you know, it, I love that you even bringing up that 40 year period of him being in the desert, because it's a very brief mention in scripture that that's what he does for 40 years. Uh, but that's 40 years, like 40 years. That is a lifetime for, you know, a half a lifetime. Um, what we consider the prime of lifetime and, uh, and God, it's not wasted. You know, he may have felt sidelined and we don't get to hear what God and Moses did over that 40 years, or even if they had other conversations or what, what God was doing in Moses's life, but we know it wasn't wasted. There's no doubt that he was not wasting it. Um, but yeah. But then there's a whole nother 40 year period where they're wandering in the desert. <laughs> also that 40 year period. <laughs> yes it's, it's it's easy kind of to skip over one or the other there but there were two of them <laughs> well and that's the other thing too that's really interesting because when when god tells moses hey go rescue my people and i'm and i'm going to deliver them he doesn't say how long it's going to take he just says go and do it you know and i think that's true of callings on our lives too when we mm kind of get a premonition from God, or, you know, we feel like the spirit is leading us somewhere. We don't get to know, is this a 40 year calling or is this four days? Like how long is this journey going to be? Yeah. It, it kind of, because the first thing I do when I, when I sense a calling, I, I measure the practicality of it. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> is it actually doable? and uh um how long is this going to take and how much money is it going to take or you know do i have the energy do i have the education do i have the you know it, it's just the questions go on and on and on and i mean in in all those questions sound not too dissimilar than moses going you know but i got a stutter um i got i gotta yeah they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> Why would they listen to me yet? Just all the different aspects of, of the doubts, like you mentioned before, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves that keep us from being able to act on the promptings. Yeah. And it's one of my heart call for women. I, I you said at the very beginning, it's to help people and my primary audience is women to take the next step with Jesus. Because I think a lot of times we reason ourselves out of that next step. You know, we, we, we do just what you said. We kind of go through the, uh, I don't know if I can do that. It's going to cost a lot of money, God. Uh, you know, and we, we kind of reason our way out of it. I remember when the Lord called me to go to seminary and it was really one of those 
it's probably the most clear calling I've ever felt from the Lord. Uh, like it was obviously not an audible voice. Well, not obviously, but he was not speaking to me in an audible voice, but it felt like it was almost audible. And, um, and the first thing I did was like, I can't do that. I got two little kids at home. Uh, this was right after nine 11. My husband had just received a huge pay cut. Like all of this stuff was going on. And I was reasoning my way right out of what seemed very, very clear that God was asking me to do. And I, my pastor's wife at the time came over and was processing it with me. And she looked at me, I said, it's going to take me six years to do this. And she looked at me and she goes, well, six years is going to happen. And I was like, huh, that's so profound. You're right. Six years is going to happen. Whether I do this or not, might as well be obedient and do that six years doing what I think God's asked me to do. At so. least it wasn't 40. Well, also that. <laughs> right. Thank you, Jesus, for not making seminary 40, 40 years. I would not survive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, and I, I think Moses' story has all kinds of pieces in it like that that don't make sense. And I mean, I, well, let's just go to the to the parting of the Red Sea. I, mm. What the heck? In right. terms of. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay. I'm supposed to do what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I think about that, you know, that we don't know, but, but the, we do know that the manifest presence of God was with the Israelites, right? So they had this cloud of, you know, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night leading them through the desert with Moses. Um, and I just imagine that that pillar went right up to the edge of the sea and just stayed there. And they were all like standing there going, uh, are, are we going to go right or left? Why are you just hovering there? And it seemed impossible to them. And that's when, you know, Moses parts the Red Sea. And even then, I think, what must it have been like to take that first step? Okay, but... <clears throat> It's kind of an interesting thing to say Moses part of the Red Sea. Well, he participated, right? But he sure did. That was not Moses' like, power. Yes. God chose not to part it until Moses put his feet in the water. That's right. Yeah, until Moses did the work he needed to do to lead the way. And just this, that particular piece of Moses' story just is, is, God's cho choice to participate with us. Mm -hmm. I think he mm -hmm. has way too much trust in us. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways. But but the thing is, you know, we we've said before <clears throat> with uh, this idea that you know we need to believe in God, but to realize that God believes in us, mm -hmm. He believes in in our agency. And you could have turned away and not done seminary. Moses could have said, uh, let's turn right instead. Um, but thought, okay, I need to, I need to put my feet in the water. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, here we go. Yeah. It's, that participation piece is 
awesome, amazing, scary, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. that God would have that much trust. It is in in us (laughs) to do that kind of thing. Yeah, that he would use us in that way is amazing because he doesn't need us, but he chooses us. And I love that about him. It's his chosen Mm -hmm. way to make a lot of things happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the invitation to trust is, um, is a mysterious and wonderful and ridiculous thing <laughs> all yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah. tell me about what happened inside of you as you wrote this. Mm. Gosh, that's a good question. I, you know, again, this was one of those trust journeys for me is every day. <laughs> my, my, one of my writing professors, um, well, she, I actually didn't take her for writing, but one of my professors at DTS Dallas Theological Seminary is also a writing professor. And she called it just butt in seat time. You've just got to put your butt in the seat and sit there and do the work. And I, that was a lot of it for me is showing up every day and turning on my computer and it being a blank screen and being filled with fear and having to choose to trust God again and open the scriptures and remember, I don't have to be profound. God has already written his word. I'm not, I'm just asking questions about it. I'm not creating anything new, but so I had to do this like trust exercise every single time I sat down to continue this writing journey. So, and then at the end of it, you feel really vulnerable. And I know you've felt this way before when you offer your work to somebody Mm -hmm. and you're like, is it any good? (laughs) Is this helpful at all? Is this the worst thing? It's just the worst thing you've ever written, right? Like (laughs) you just, and, and then to hear God's people affirm the work that God has done through you um, and to hear stories of um, life transformation that come because you've taken them by the hand and, and guided them in some way. And I know this is true of the, um, the life maps and, and guiding them, asking them these good questions and exposing their life back to them in a way that they hadn't considered before is transformative. Mm -hmm. And what a privilege it is to have been a part of that with the Lord. Yeah. So the title of, mm. of, of this study is called Choose, A Study yeah. of Moses for a Life that Matters. So how did you land on the name Choose? Well, because Moses is a real person and he got to make the choice. God, he was not uh, God's robot. <laughs> he was a man that had free will And all along the way, he had choices to make. And he um, got to choose to continue to follow God. And that's why his life really mattered. And so for me, that's something that was really important to me is just watching Moses make these choices. And, you know, like like we said a little bit earlier, he he wrestled with God a little bit. um, And he, you know, he was he was vocal about some of his his worries and concerns with God and God was patient with him, but he kept 
saying, no, this is what I want you to do. This, this is what I want you to do. Keep going. And um, so, yeah, that's where the word choose came from. And it wasn't always that he felt wildly confident about the whole thing. So I appreciate that, that it's, that here you're talking about a, a text that was written that doesn't take Moses as a primary character in the whole thing and paint him as a huge hero that's perfect yeah by any stretch of the imagination you know and it and it it exposes his his um his insecurities and his and his failings and his grumblings and his and his and his 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 just wild amounts of courage to just go mm-hmm. ahead and trust a lot of times i i feel like it's like just back against the wall. I mean, you want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> so you want me to go talk to Pharaoh and say what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and throw this stick on the ground and it's going to do what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think, I think it's one of the things that I love even just about studying all biblical characters is how real they are. And scripture doesn't sugarcoat any of them. And that's so helpful to me because I know I am so flawed. Mm -hmm. And when I see someone else and I get to actually know the rest of their story and I have to remind myself, like when Moses was in the desert for 40 years, he didn't know what the next 40 years held. When he Mm -hmm. went to Pharaoh, he didn't know what the next thing was. Like he lived it day by day, just like I am. And I, we get to kind of pull back and see that whole of his life and where God led him. It's just very inspiring to me to know that if if God can use Moses, he can use us too. There's no that's, doubt. That's his business. That's what God is in the business of doing is using ordinary people to do his extraordinary work. Yeah. So before we 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 end here, I want to just read through here. He says the table of contents. I mean, it's like you could have your listen to my life materials out going through this study and you'd probably have a whole lot more to write in your life story maps after doing doing this study of uh, choose. Um, one, God is in control. Two, burning bush moments. Maybe you've had a few in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Three, comfort, the comfort of confirmation. Dealing with discouragement from crisis of faith to faithful obedience, preventing pride, remembering well, mentoring defined, beaten down by betrayal, and leaving a lasting legacy. I think all of those things can, you know, the intersection of, uh, and the challenge of taking Moses' life and letting it kind of simmer inside of us and see how how have I experienced those things? How am I facing some of the same, same mm. kinds of challenges? How am I praying for not a 40 year desert experience? Um, <laughs> yeah. All those various different, different pieces in this uh, and the rawness of, of trusting God with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. There's so much in the trajectory of Moses's life that, that does apply to our lives and does reveal different, whether we're dealing with it now, we will be dealing with some of these things mm-hmm. at some point. 
Um, and so, yeah, you're right. You almost could put those right next to your listen to my life maps and, and, and see some of these themes emerging uh, as you go through the study and, and you go through some of those maps and reflecting on our lives. I mean, that's really important to me is that we study God's word, but then we take the next step and we move it from the, the head to the heart, to the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so what do we do? What, wh- why, how are we different now because of this and how does that actually impact our daily life? One of the things that I felt was so um, related in terms of how we do what we do with Listen to My Life and, and, and how we incorporate spiritual practices. Um, you have a spiritual practice for every week mm-hmm. um, coming into this study. And I so appreciated how you intersected the story of Moses with spiritual practice in the middle of it and the interplay between them and uh, knew that our audience would really appreciate that piece too, this intersection of life story and spiritual practice. And here, when we're talking about life story, we're talking about not only Moses' life story, but our own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the spiritual practice is what links, links us together as kindred spirits in one, in God's epic story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, that was really important to me and something I wanted to do that I hadn't actually seen. I mean, I've seen it in other places, but not attached to a Bible study. Because um, usually Bible studies just read the text, answer the question, read the text, answer the question, read the text, answer the question. And I thought, but spiritual practices have been so transformative in my life. Um, silence and solitude or doing a Lectio Divina or uh keeping a gratitude journal or fasting or any of these experiential ways. Some of them I've loved. Some of them I haven't quite worked for me. Um, you know, embracing my limits, all these, all these different kind of things that I can do to practice being with God um, or knowing him a little different were really important to me. And so, yeah, that was one of the things that was um, that I really enjoyed doing was praying through okay, what would be a good spiritual practice to kind of help us experientially learn the lesson that Moses is teaching us this week? Um, so yeah, that was fun to do. Yes. Well, it, I really enjoyed how you wrote it too. I could, I could hear your voice in it as I read. Oh, and thanks. I so appreciate the, um, the tone with which it's written and how invitational it is. So tell you what, let's, let's tell uh, our listeners how they can get a hold of this book. Yeah. So uh, it is on Amazon. It's also at Target and it's also at Christian book distributors. Um, So if you just Google choose and my last name, Miznik, N-I-Z-N-I-K, you will find it. It's published by Kriegel. And um, you can also just go to my website, which is jodymiznik.com. And um, there's links there as well to get the study. And um, there's also ways, links to contact me if you have questions or if I can ever be helpful to any of your listeners. Um, I'd be happy to talk to anybody too. So, Right. Okay. Thank you. And that's really cool that it's in Target as well. I know. Isn't that fun? A mass audience kind of a thing. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's on, on the website. I don't think you'll find it in the stores. Maybe. 
never can tell. The name of the study is called Choose, a study of Moses for a life that matters by Jody Nisnik. That's J-O-D-I-E-N-I-Z-N-I-K by Kriegel Publications. And Jody, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate it. It was so fun to talk to you about Moses. Thank you for having me. It was a joy and I hope we'll loop back again soon. So many blessings to you, Jody. You as well, Sharon. Yes. To our listeners, I am, um, I am so grateful that uh, you joined us. Please watch the website for upcoming events. We've got some interesting short um, like one and a half hour mini retreats and mini workshops coming up. We've also got another um, listen to my life um, virtual coaching group. So if you've uh, heard about the listen to my life visual maps, uh, this is a time for you to be able to jump in and do it with Joan Kelly, our director of facilitator development, Sybil Towner, my co-author and myself, and to get um into a community. And we just finished one last night. It was amazing and awesome. We had 22 people in community mapping their life stories and sharing them in smaller groups together. And then the one-on-one interaction in my coaching portal where I get to write back and forth to everyone. And then the once a week uh, Zoom calls where we actually get to see each other's faces. It was an amazingly transforming experience for me again and um just i I just invite you to check it out onelifemaps.com thank you so much jody blessings for your week you too thanks sharon bye-bye bye this podcast is sponsored by onelifemaps.com creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled listen to my life Maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, make the most of this one life that you've been gifted. Thank you.